Nothing like some good old Osborne brothers doing Rocky Top to start off the show. What do you think? Uh, welcome into, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. I hope you all are having fantastic Tuesdays so far. And wh- honestly, what else would I start the show off with other than the news of the Tennessee Volunteers just getting a huge win this past Saturday over the Florida Gators. And honestly, when for those of you who did not see the game, although I would imagine most of you probably did, uh, one of the big takeaways that I have from it is that Tennessee ended up winning the game uh, 38 to 33, but frankly, it really shouldn't have, the final score really should not have even been that close, in my opinion, because if Tennessee had played a little bit better defense over the course of that game and had remembered to uh had remembered how how to tackle lack of a better phrase uh the score probably would have been a little more lopsided than it ended up being but Having said that, a win is definitely a win. It is a huge win for the Volunteers, especially as they move into the bye week this week. And some of the other takeaways I have from this game, the main one is... Hendon Hooker, the the man is an absolute stud. He finished. See, I've got some of his numbers pulled up here. He finished the game uh, 22 of 28 passing for 349 yards and two touchdowns. And on the ground in the rushing game, Uh, The running game, I should say. He finished with 13 carries for 112 yards and one touchdown. So, you really talk about a guy sort of taking over the game. That is basically, essentially, what... Hendon Hooker did this past Saturday, and honestly, both the quarterbacks uh, played well. Anthony Richardson played significantly better than I thought he would, probably, and I guess I'm going to die. I'd better dive into some of his numbers just for the sake of fairness. Uh, Anthony Richardson finished 24 of 44 passing for 
453 yards, uh, two touchdowns and a pick. And on the ground, he also finished with 17 carries for 62 yards and two touchdowns. So, really, a somewhat big game for both quarterbacks. I use the word somewhat because Anthony Richardson did have the slight blemish of the interception, which was at the end of the game, obviously, as Florida was attempting the Hail Mary to win the game, which obviously did not end up happening for Florida. But going back to Hendon Hooker, I mentioned mentioned earlier that he sort of took over the game in a way. The reason why I say that is mainly because of some of the big plays that he was able to come up with over the course of this game. One of them that stands out to me was in the second quarter, and I believe this is after a, this is the next offensive series for the Vols right after Florida went on their scoring drive, their big scoring drive in the second quarter. Uh, Hendon Hooker and the Vols offense uh, launch a just a three-play drive, and one of those plays was a 70-yard bomb that Hendon Hooker threw to a wide-open Brew McCoy, and, and for the life of me, I still do not understand how you can leave somebody this wide open. He completely splits the secondary and catches a wide open pass to, I believe, get Tennessee within the ten, within Florida's 10-yard line. And so it's, it's moments like that that make you think, and the special guest that I had on my show uh, the other day, Jake Miller, and I, re- and I really hope you guys, little sidebar really quick, I hope, I hope that you guys uh, very much enjoyed that episode. I know that I did as well, mainly because of the enormous amount of energy that uh, Jake Miller brings to the table. But if you have not uh, had the chance to uh, go back and listen to that episode, I would highly encourage you to do that. But one of the things that Jake touched on is that uh, he basically referred to Hendon Hooker as a dark horse candidate for the Heisman Trophy. And when you see plays 
like the 70-yard bomb that he threw to Brew McCoy on Saturday afternoon, you really get to get the feeling that, hey, maybe maybe there's some reasoning behind the statement that Hendon Hooker should be a dark horse candidate for the Heisman Trophy. And so Hendon Hooker is obviously a big reason that the Vols ended up winning uh, this game against Florida on Saturday. Some of the other notes that I took away from after the game and after seeing the AP poll this week, which I'm not uh, necessarily going to get into in great detail in this episode, but there are some things that I do want to mention about it, particularly the fact that Tennessee comes in at number eight this week in the AP poll, and it is the and it is the first time that the Vols have been ranked in the top ten, I believe, since 2016. It was also the first time the Vols are starting off the season 4-0 since 2016. Fun fact about the date of Saturday's game, which was September the 24th. Uh, That day marked six years to the day since the last time Tennessee had won against Florida. And last big takeaway that I have about this one is the win on Saturday was just Tennessee's second win over Florida, I believe, in the last 18 years, which really is remarkable and Just goes to show that, you know, we talk about all the time Florida and Tennessee being a big-time rivalry in the SEC, which it is. But when you look at the records of that rivalry game over the last, well, 18 seasons, it's a bit lopsided in the direction of Florida. But maybe Tennessee's win this past Saturday is going to be the catalyst toward that trend sort of changing and the Florida and Tennessee rivalry being a little bit more, really a little bit more, uh, competitive than it has been over the last two decades.
But that is pretty much uh, all I'm going to say about the uh, Tennessee-Florida game. I'm pumped. I think that, and you could see Josh Heupel's emotion uh, after the game. You could obviously tell how pumped he was. But uh, I'm, I'm just pumped that Tennessee is 4-0. I think that it's a very big, very big way to gain a lot of extra momentum, even going into the bye week. I think after the bye, oh, one thing that I forgot to mention uh, previously, uh, Tennessee was able to pull off this win over Florida without their biggest offensive weapon in Cedric Tillman, who was out the other day with an ankle injury, I believe. And so the bye week for the Vols could not have come at a better time because hopefully the extra week off will give Cedric Tillman time to, even more time to heal up and prepare for the game against LSU on October the 8th. But we will have to see how that will inevitably play out and hopefully Tennessee can just keep all of this extra momentum rolling. So that is pretty much all I have for the Tennessee and Florida game. I want to switch gears to a game that involved a another team in the state of Tennessee and uh, just as a point of personal privilege, I would just like to point out that it is my involving my alma mater, Middle Tennessee State, and and uh, because of that, I really just feel obligated to do this. Oh yeah. That, t- that takes me back to the good old college days. Anyway, uh, for those of you who were sort of flipping channels the other day while the uh, Tennessee-Florida game was going on, you may or may not have noticed that 
uh, Middle Tennessee State, the Blue Raiders uh, really just went to Coral Gables, Florida and just manhandled the, at the time, 25th ranked uh, Miami Hurricanes. And when you look at Coach Rick Stockstill's emotion after that game, and earlier I touched on Josh Heupel's emotion, uh, I would say that Rick Stockstill was easily more emotional than Josh Heupel was because MTSU just dominated Miami. Uh, they won by a score of 45-31, to 31, and really just some of the stats I'm going to run through really quickly for the Blue Raiders. The one takeaway that I have uh, from them is that quarterback Chase Cunningham is an absolute beast. Uh, he finished the game... 16 of 25 passing for 408 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. But on the ground, he finished with nine carries for 29 yards and a rushing touchdown. And when you look at the tape, he made some just really, really impressive throws. And, you know, you've got, you've got to give MTSU a lot of credit because uh, early on in the season, they took a lot of flack from a lot of I guess the analy the analysts and experts on MTSU Twitter, if you want to call it that, and you know you you've got to give Coach Stock no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees are another reason banking with Capital One. Sorry about that. I I had to mute the Capital One commercial for a second. That popped up on my computer, but you've got to give uh, Coach Stock and the boys a lot of credit because even after uh, all of the, seeing all of the noise, they just sort of found a way to ignore the noise, as they say, and they went to uh, Colorado State a few weeks ago and Got a big, huge, I should say, road win in uh, Colorado against the uh, Rams of Colorado State, as they're called. And they, they follow that win up with this win over a top 25 team which is notable because it was the first, because Saturday was 
the first time in MTSU history that they have gotten a win over a top 25 team. And they just really just went down there and stepped up. One of the, one of the really notable quotes that uh, Coach Stock said after the game was basically, and I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing, uh, this was no fluke. And obviously when you turn on the game film uh, from Saturday, MTSU was clearly the more uh, physical team and really just the team that uh, showed up ready to play. Uh, It's really disappointing from Miami's perspective because they were hoping to get the uh, bad taste, sort of bad taste out of their mouth from the Texas A&M loss last week and we're really hoping that you know we can we can pay Middle Tennessee State 1.5 million dollars to in order to get that bad taste out of our mouths but MTSU obviously had other plans and there's really nothing else that you can say about that game other than the fact that it was just a dominating performance by the Blue Raiders on Saturday. But speaking of Raiders, and I'm going to sort of switch gears to the NFL level here uh, before I get out of here today. Uh, Speaking of Raiders... They, of course, were in Nashville this past weekend playing the uh, Tennessee Titans, obviously. And they were hoping that they would get their first win of the season. It didn't work out that way because the Tennessee Titans ended up getting their first win of the season, which... It was really a must-win game for both teams because you would because really because of the expectations of both teams when you look at the Raiders obviously all of the new sort of bells and whistles that they have when you look at a guy like Devontae Adams coming in when you look at the quarterback, Derek Carr, obviously. And the new coaching staff that wants to sort of right the ship and get the Vegas Raiders, as weird as that is to say, after all those years in Oakland, 
They want to get the Las Vegas Raiders uh, pointed in the right direction. But then when you look at the Titans, uh, obviously the season opener against the Giants did not go their way. And after the just embarrassment that they put on the field in week two, against the Buffalo Bills, the Titans obviously had some bad taste to get out of their mouths as well. And what really surprised me the most about this one, and... uh. Full disclosure, uh, I honestly did pick the Raiders to win this game. If you've been following my, uh, if you've been following my uh, NFL game picks on the Twitter page of the show, uh, I did pick the Raiders to win this game, but it's really just. One of those situations where I'm glad to be wrong, I guess, because the this is a win the Titans had to have, and the reason I picked the Raiders was mainly because the Titans have just been just decimated by injuries. When you look at the ACL tear, that Harold Landry suffered before the season. And when you look at the leg injury that Taylor Lewan has recently suffered and just all of the shuffling that has been going on on the offensive line in particular with uh, Dennis Daly uh, coming in and sliding in at left tackle, in the Raiders game, uh, just for that, and just the fact that the Titans' offense has just sputtered over the last two games, and really, and really, just makes me think that I still think that Todd Downing needs to go. But that's a discussion for another time. Uh, just for those reasons alone, it really made me think that the Raiders had the edge. But the Titans obviously had other plans. And when you look at the plays that Kevin Byard made on the defensive side of the ball, stopping that touchdown. Uh, late in the game where Derek Carr was trying to throw a pass to Darren Waller. It uh, was obviously broken up and picked off by KB, and that really makes me mad, makes me mad from a fantasy football standpoint because I ended up starting uh, Derek, both Derek Carr and Darren Waller 
in one of my leagues. And obviously, if they were to connect on that touchdown reception, it would have been or would be touchdown reception. It obviously would have resulted in a huge amount of fantasy points for me. But obviously, Kevin Byard had other plans. And unfortunately, mainly because of that big play by Kevin Byard, I am now... I believe for the first time, and this is another little sidebar here, I believe for the first time in all of the years that I've been playing fantasy football, and this is in both of my leagues, by the way, that I'm in, uh, I am 0-3 to start off the season. And so, personally for me, from a fantasy football standpoint, it was obviously not the way I wanted the week to end. But from a tight, from the standpoint of being a Tennessee Titans fan, I am obviously very happy at the result of Sunday's game. And, you know, they've just got the Titans just have to turn around and prepare for a very big game that they have coming up uh, on Sunday. It's a divisional game against the Indianapolis Colts, uh, who are sort of riding their own emotional high from getting their first win of the season on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, with any rivalry games, there's going to be, and we saw this in the last uh, week or two with the Buccaneers and the Saints, I'm, I'm obviously not predicting that any violence is going to break out over the Titans-Colts game. Certainly, I hope that is not the case. But reason I bring that up is because with divisional games, there's just always that added sense of urgency and both teams are just going to come out of the gates fired up and ready to go and you know the Titans and the Colts have always get found ways to give us as fans some memorable games to watch over the last few years particularly when there's a playoff berth that is on the line or a divisional title that's on the line for either team. And it's just one of those 
really exciting things that we see go on in the NFL. And so with that, I guess that is going to conclude today's episode of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. Uh, One thing that I do want to bring up is, for those of you wondering, uh, yes, I am very much aware that there are other sports going on other than football. And certainly one of the things that I'm going to be touching on as early as a little bit later on this week in much greater detail is what's going on in the world of Major League Baseball. And one of the more notable uh, headlines that's going on this week for me as a fan of the current reigning and defending uh, World Series champion Atlanta Braves is that they have a very big series that's going on this weekend against the New York Mets. And it's a series that is most likely going to decide the winner of the National League East division. And so I'm very much going to be looking forward to that. I believe the first pitch of that series will be at about 6.30 or so on Friday evening. And I will be watching that series very intently. Uh, Also, one of the other things, or I should say two of the other things that I'm going to touch on are involve two guys, uh, Albert Pujols, who just hit home run number, career home run number 700 over the last week or so. Uh, I'm going to be touching on that and what it means for him and I guess the sport of baseball in general. And second guy I'm going to talk about is uh, New York Yankees slugger Aaron Judge and the fact that he is trying to chase down a record in his own right. He is trying to uh, break Roger Maris's single season record for home runs and and is also on the path to uh, winning the Triple Crown, which is obviously a incredible achievement and feat in the world of Major League Baseball. But that is sort of my preview of what is going to be going on in the coming episodes of the show. I do want to have another mailbag episode sometime in the near future. So, guys, I need your questions so that we can 
get that mailbag episode off the ground. So if you have questions about anything that is going on in the world of sports right now, please do not hesitate to send them my way. But with that, uh, I guess that is going to conclude today's edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. I want to thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you soon.